Hello and welcome back to No Freaking Clue. I'm your host, Wabby, and welcome to the second ever episode of the podcast where we have no freaking clue what's going on in life. Um, I obviously don't even have a freaking clue on how to record a podcast yet because <laughs> I was supposed to be doing this episode with my best friends and we sat down, we recorded it for two hours, and then by the time I sent it to my editor, he was like, you're not going to like what I have to say. And I was like, give it to me straight. And he was like, um, the audio is shit. And I said, no, perfect. The whole two hours we were sitting down recording this episode, like I was sitting there thinking, gosh, I hope this audio is going to be shit. (laughs) But anyways, I trust Santino and Sarah, we said, scrap it. No episode this week. Um, I did not plan to launch a podcast and then not have an episode literally the second week of having a podcast. But you know what? That's just that's just how things play out for me. And it's very on brand honestly. So I'm not even mad about it. Um, but here we are now sitting by myself because my best friend lives three hours away. So we couldn't just up and film another podcast. So she'll have to be on a, another episode later on in the future, which is fine. And now we're going to be talking about eating disorders today. But um, before before we get into that um, deep of a topic, we're going to do a little life update. You know, have a little have a little light and airy discussion before we get into to the meat of the episode. So life update. I am sitting in a new little location. So if you're watching this visually, you're tuning in visually, you'll notice I got a new setup. Um, I'm My parents have helped me paint my sister's old room from purple to white. And I got these cute little chairs. And so now I, I got a place to film. I got a place to podcast. And so we're moving up in the world. We are moving up in the world. You know, my friends are getting married and having children and I am painting my sister's old room white. But you know what? A win is a win, right? A win is a win. I have been home in Arkansas for the past almost month now and I traveled a lot this summer and I noticed, hey, I'm not really cut out for this. Whenever I started having multiple minty bees in New York and I said, maybe we should spend some few a few weeks at home. So here I am in Arkansas, woo pig. Um, and honestly, my whole time being home, I have just been battling it out with a wood rat in my car (laughs) because if you follow me on Instagram, you know that I went and got my oil changed a few weeks ago. Actually, if you listen to the first episode, you know that I was in my dad's truck because I had not gotten an oil change yet. Anyways, went and got that oil change um, and I had a partnership with Jiffy Lube. That's why I was holding out on it for so long. I went, I sat down in the waiting room. I was like, all right, you boys go change my oil. Let me know when you're done. They came in like five minutes later and I was like, that was fast. And they were like, oh, we're not done yet. We just wanted to bring something to your attention before we continued on. Can you come out here? And I was like, sure. Like I'll come give it a look, but I don't know much about cars, but I'll, I'll give you guys my best, my best take on it. I went out there, looked under my hood and there was a bunch of paper towels torn up in a nest a bunch of just random shit under my hood. And I said, you know what? You guys might be onto something. Like I'm no mechanic, but that that's not supposed to be there. So anyways, went back inside, sat down. I was super embarrassed. As we know, I don't get embarrassed easily, but I was embarrassed. Um, and what was even more embarrassing is as I was sitting in the waiting room, the dude was kind enough to come in and keep showing me things from under my, under my hood. Uh, the waiting room was full of other people and he was bringing in like my niece's pacifier. <laughs> And being like, do you want this? And I was like, no, like you won't even touch it with your bare hand, but thank you. Um, but he was really sweet. They took care of it. And then when I got home, oh, well, actually what was really embarrassing about it was that the, the owner of that Jiffy Lube was there that day because he heard I was going to be there doing a partnership. And 
he was like, are you Abby? And I was like, yeah, I'm the one with the car with the wood rat living in it. (laughs) So anyways, yeah, a wood rat had been bringing all that shit into my car. And so I took my car home and my dad was like, did you check to make sure it didn't chew through any of the wires? And I said, I don't know how to do that. And he was like, okay, I'll I'll get right on that. Went outside, turns out it chewed through two of my wires. I said, cool, 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 cool. Took my car over to Ford. It sat outside for literally like a week before they started you know, looking at it, which is fine. But, um, so I was riding, you know, driving my dad's truck around still. And then they said, that's going to be $600. And I said, Oh, okay. Um, but luckily for me, state farm came through shout out state farm. Um, I just had a $50 deductible because apparently that happens a lot around here in Arkansas. Would rats be, be nesting in your car? Sure. Honestly, just grateful that like the paper towels didn't catch on fire on the way over to get my oil changed. But anyways, um, so we got it all fixed, got my car home. About a week later, I'm parking outside the garage while my dad's trying to find this wood rat and no more signs of the wood rat. So we're like, okay, let's park your car back inside. About a week later, last Saturday, my dad said, let me check under your hood one more time just, just to be sure. And lo and behold, there was a <laughs> literally like a car wash towel, a green car wash towel had pulled up there and shit under my hood. Literal shit. Uh, the wood rat had drugged my dog's shit up into my car. The thing about my dog is she poops in the garage, okay? She... That's her, that's her pooping residence of preference. And we say, you know what? You're not going to live forever. You can do whatever you want. You're the owner of this house, poop wherever you want. So we just shovel her poop out after she poops. And, um, my dad said that when we went to the football game Friday night, he saw that poop on, I hate saying poop so much, but he saw my dog's feces (laughs) in the garage. And he was thinking, oh, I need to pick that up and like shovel it out when we get back. We got back and it was gone and he was thinking, he was like, gosh, did Liza eat that? Which is our other dog. He's like, that's so disgusting. Turns out though, Nair, the wood rat was cleaning it up for us and taking it under my car hood. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think we got the wood rat taken care of. It literally took us three weeks to, hopefully he's gone for good now. We will see. Um, but yeah, luckily he did not chew up any of my wires that time. So that's been my life update. Just been sitting at home, uh, trying to figure out this whole wood rat situation. Literally fighting with wood rat for the past three weeks. Um, yeah, there's my life update. I will leave to go to Austin next week at the end of this month um, to see Catherine. So maybe we'll film a little potty together podcast. Like, why am I trying to be cool with all these lingo? But anyways, <laughs> moral story. I'm going to Austin. I'm going to see Catherine. And I've never been to Austin before, so I'm super excited. So if anybody has any recommendations. And then I'm also going to be going to Dallas that weekend. I'm just going to drive up to Dallas, have a little Halloween weekend out at the, the bars in Dallas, my favorite. And then the beginning of November, Mary and I, my best friend, are going on a little international trip. So guess where we're going? Um, I'm super excited about that. We're going with EF Ultimate. So yeah, I'm excited. But yeah, that's about it for life updates. Other than the fact that I told my best friend the other day, I was like, this is going to sound weird. Like, I don't know what's wrong with me. And she's like, what? And I was like, I could kind of go for a boyfriend right about now. Like it is definitely cuffing season. I'm telling you every time this time of year, I'm like, you know, I could, I think I could go for one of those boyfriend things right about now. Um, and maybe it's just because I'm on my period. I don't know, but I might come out of it. But as of right now, I'm kind of thinking that I want one. And that's, that's odd for me. That's odd for me because I am, I'm a lone wolf. And the fact that I am even contemplating getting a boyfriend, there's something up. There's something in the air. Um, I don't know if Mercury is doing the renegade or what, but, um, something's up and I'm going to get to the bottom of it. But so yeah, more of a story, life update, fighting with a wood rat, got a new setup and I'm thinking about getting one of those boyfriend things. So anyway,
anyways, there's the 411 there. I do want to mention thank you so much for all the support on my first ever podcast episode. And um, I did find out that we I need to be pushing you guys to download it. So if you want to support me and you're listening via Apple or Spotify, give her a little download. Maybe give it a rating. I, I saw where you could rate it, uh, you know, five stars if you like. <laughs> if not, you know, just don't rate it if you're not going to give me five stars. No, I'm just kidding. Actually, no, I'm not. I'm That wasn't a joke at all. So, you know. Anyways, um, but yeah, there's that. And then also be sure to be following my Instagram, Wabby Rose, and uh, No Freaking Clues Instagram and Human Twos so that anytime I have a little write-in opportunity or a Q&A on the podcast, you guys can submit those, interact, and yeah, that's the 411. That's what's up. I think that's about that. That's it. So anyways, go Lions. Um, and now we're going to get into the meat of the episode eating disorders. And before, obviously, I want to make a little disclaimer yet again, uh, trigger warning. If you are going through something like this or you're triggered easily by the discussion of eating disorders, this might not be the episode for you, you know, click out and we'll see you next week whenever we have a little lighter, lighter topic at, at hand. Um, but yeah, I, when I started social media, I made a promise to myself that I would bring awareness to eating disorders because I wouldn't have known that I had one unless I heard influencers talking out about it because the thing about eating disorders is I feel like, I mean, your neighbor's not just running around the street saying, yeah, I got an eating disorder. You know, to me, it was like so far out of reach to have an eating disorder because all you ever hear about it is like in movies or you hear celebrities having it in in magazines and you don't just hear your everyday average Joe so much so talking about having eating disorder. So it felt like it was a lot more out of reach than it is because they're actually a lot more common than you would think. So I always made a promise to myself to make a little awareness, um, especially now that I have a platform and because I would not want my worst enemy going through that. Um, and if I can help even just one person, that's a win for me. So I might be a little bit awkward this episode because as we know, I am, I'm, I'm, a little, I'm a little jokester and I'm not used to talking about serious matters like this. But again, if I can help one person, that's a win for me. And yeah, so trigger warning. But yeah, I got so many DMs, comments, was tagged in so many videos over speaking out a little bit on my eating disorder last episode. So I said, how about we, how about we do a little deep dive? I wasn't expecting to do a deep dive into eating disorders. My literal second podcast episode, something that deep, but you know, the people want what the people want and I'm all for the people. All right. So let's start from the tippy top. My body image issues I haven't had them as long as I remember. I remember them starting around third grade and I was kind of a chunkier kid because I was going to grow up and be tall. Um, But I didn't know that obviously. And so my best friend was lean and she was one of those kids that never sat still. So she was muscular and she just had like a six pack abs. And I remember always standing next to her and feeling big and I even remember the kids in my grade, the boys, um, bullying me for my weight. Uh, I remember one little boy <laughs> that he said that I was fat like Santa Claus one time. And you know, that that sticks with you, um, which granted my senior year, that boy had the biggest crush on me and asked me to prom. So life comes full circle. But I didn't know that at the time and stuff like that sticks with you. But also that's that guy is like literally one of my favorite people from high school. So it's just kids being kids. But more of a story, I was... I had a lot of, you know, comments on my weight through elementary. Anytime I would sit down at a desk and it made like a noise, boys always had, boys always had stuff to say about that. So I was chunkier kind of third grade through sixth grade. And then in sixth grade, I 
shot up. I literally grew eight inches in two months, January to February of sixth grade. So now I went from being bullied for being too fat or for being fat to being bullied for being skinny, too skinny. Um, I, first of all, I couldn't even catch up with my body because they literally just stretched me right out. I was, I was like a baby deer. And <laughs> my dad always said like, I could not, I grew eight, eight inches in two months. Like, how do you even catch up with that? It took me literally like three years to catch up with my body. So the boys were now calling me um, a bird, anorexic. I didn't even know what anorexic was, but I was like, oh shoot, I guess it's bad. And I guess it means that I'm skinny. And yeah, so then I was dealing with comments like that. And then around 10th grade, maybe into ninth, they kind of stopped. Um, I don't know if they matured and stopped bullying. I don't know if I grew into my body more. I don't know if I scared the shit out of them because I was... <laughs> not afraid to throw down at that time. And I think they were scared of me. So I'm sure it was a mix of everything, but anyways, the comments kind of stopped. And then in 10th grade, that's whenever I signed with, if you listen to the first podcast episode, my mother agent for modeling and 10th and 11th grade, there's no modeling in Arkansas. So I just kind of dieted on and off. Um, stupidly, honestly, thinking back, like they were just like these, what is it? Fought fad diets, these fad diets. And, um, yeah, I mean the VS fashion show was big. Like I think all the girls were kind of going through that stage and, um, anyways, senior year of high school, I decided, okay, let's get serious because after high school I want to model. So I started restricting myself more and more. I remember it'd be like, all right, no more, no more pies at my grandma's house. No more this, no more that until there wasn't very much left to eat. And I was stuck with egg whites, spinach, oatmeal. Yeah. And I was just really trying to get my hip measurements down. As I talked in the last episode, I had a little donk on me. And I remember my mom called, was on a phone call with my mother agent because I wasn't 18 at the time. So obviously, you know, my mom had to, had to do a lot of the talking and my mom, they were talking about my hip measurements and my mom was like, well, you know, Abby's just kind of bit like a Kardashian, like all of her fat, just like she gains weight in her butt. Like that's where it all goes. And my agent goes, Yeah we hate the Kardashians in this industry. <laughs> and my mom was like, no, okay, no, I got it. I got it. So we will work on that hip measurement. So anyways, um, I obviously started restricting, restricting, restricting and, um, developed an eating disorder. And a lot of people in my school had a lot of stuff to say about it, but you know, I, in my mind and in my parents' mind, I mean, I'm sure my parents had obviously an idea something was going up, was going on, but I think in my mind, it was more like, oh, no, I love to eat healthy. Like, this is my lifestyle. And there's a difference in having a healthy lifestyle and enjoying working out and being scared of food, being scared of eating out because you're afraid they're going to put something in your food, staying up at night and thinking about what you ate the day before, staying up at night and thinking about what you're going to eat tomorrow and weighing yourself multiple times a day. You know, that's just that's not really a healthy lifestyle. That's a, that's a problem. I am about to graduate high school. And um, obviously, I'm just thinking about getting signed to an agency after high school. And I'm thinking about them having to put that measurement, uh, that, that measuring tape around my hips. Like I remember going to bed every single night praying. I was like, Lord, just let me lose this last inch, please. Mind you, I had not put a measuring tape around me in months. Like I had lost that last inch a long time ago. So anyways, um, I remember like right before I graduated, I stepped on a scale for the first time. I had not stepped on a scale in probably since like a physical in high school. Like I wasn't, I, I was just eating blindly, like and restricting myself. I wasn't like weighing myself every day yet. And I remember trigger warning. It said, um, 101 pounds at five, nine. And I had lost 30 pounds. I was like, Oh shit. Okay. Um, well, cool. And that's when it start, start, that's what started my, um, my 
scale problem where I would weigh myself multiple times a day. So anyways, then that started and um, I was about to graduate high school. So it wasn't all just that I was at first it started with me wanting to lose weight and lose my measurement, but then it became a control thing because as I mentioned in the last episode, I was about to graduate high school. My friends were moving away. My ex was moving away. I was graduating high school. That's a big change in itself. And my dog had died. There was so much moving around me and I knew that I could control one thing and that was food. So I put a lot of control into food and that's a big thing with eating disorders. Like a lot of it has to do with control. And I knew that was one thing in my life at the moment that I could control. Sir, anyways... Um, fast forward, I signed with an agency in Dallas and I remember I started noticing, okay, I'm cold all the time. I'm, I can't fit in any clothes. I'm weighing myself multiple times a day. I'm losing hair. Uh, my period is not there, no longer there. I was like, something's up. And so that July they came out with the show bones on Netflix. If you remember the show bones, it was about the girl who, I don't even know if it's on there anymore. I think they might have taken it off because it was triggering. I can't remember. But um, it was about the girl who was anorexic and she went to a recovery unit, I think. And I remember watching that and seeing her turn around and weigh herself at this facility. And I was like, oh, shit. I was like, that's me. Like that, that is going to be me if I don't get my shit together. And I remember being so scared because at the time I didn't know eating disorders could take you that far and be that dangerous be deadly and so I was scared shitless and I was thinking to myself how am I it felt like I was in a dark deep hole and I was like how am I gonna get out of this by myself so anyways that day I downloaded a calorie counter and I know a lot of people don't like those but I knew that I should be eating 2,000 calories a day and so I was like okay let's see what we're eating because I'm just blindly eating I wasn't counting anything I wasn't and I put it in and I was eating like 750 800 calories a day And I said, okay, we're going to have to up that. So that was kind of like a little bit of a turnaround moment for me. Not fully. I was still definitely scared of food, but I was at least eating more at this point, more than I was. But anyways, yeah. One thing about eating disorders is they're just so isolating. And I remember feeling so alone and like being like, how am I going to get out of this? I feel like they're isolating because you want to be alone. You don't want people to see you like that. And then also because not people just can't understand it. They never had an eating disorder. And I remember my sister and me sitting down at Outback and I ordered like chicken and vegetables or something super healthy like that. And she was like, why can you not eat bad just once? Like just this once. And I was like, I just can't. And she was like, why not? And I was like, I just can't. Like, I don't know. I just can't. Like so hard to explain. If I had to explain an eating disorder, I would say it's kind of like living your biggest fear. Like if I hate insects, I hate bugs. So it'd be like somebody asking me to touch a bug would be like asking me to eat something that's out of my restriction. I don't even know if that makes sense, but it does in my brain. So that's kind of how to explain it to people that have never had one. But yeah, super isolating. I remember my best friend telling her mom, she was like, um, I don't know what I did to Abby, but like she does, she hates me now. Like she does not want to be around me. I pissed her off. I don't know. Like she does not want to hang out with me. And it wasn't that. It was just that you isolate yourself. But um, granted, my family and my best friend were amazing. Like my best friend would come and hang out with me at things she knew that I would do. So she would come grocery shopping with me. She would go on walks with me, work out with me, like things that she knew I would do. Like she, um, which I think that's an amazing friend. Um, she took her opportunity, any opportunity she could to be around me. So my family and my best friend were amazing. My family would eat anywhere unless they knew that I could eat. So they would be like, okay, where can we eat that you can have 
you know, like there's something for you to eat there, which granted, I've never been a picky eater in my life. So I think that's how they knew something was up is that if we would go eat somewhere and there was not something on the menu that I felt comfortable eating, I just wasn't eating. So they were like, okay, we're not going to eat somewhere that you're not going to eat because they knew that it wasn't going to be like, I wasn't going to be like, oh, you know, I guess I could just get this. Like it was like, okay, well, I'm just going to sit here while y'all eat. So they were very good at that. They were never, they never made snide comments. Um, I mean, I had friends sliding up on my stories being like, you should eat a burger. Granted, I'm not friends with that girl anymore, but let me tell you, if I am going through an eating disorder and you slide up on my story and say, you need to eat a burger, I'm not just going to be like, oh my gosh, you're right. Like, excuse me, thank you so much. Like, let me just, let me go eat a few. Like, ma'am, first of all, that's one of the worst things you could say to me. And second of all, you're not fixing anything. Like, and third of all, if I'm looking like this and you know something's up, like, why would you comment that? Like that, that's not going to fix anything like that. It's just like such a mean comment. But anyways, so yeah, you should never mention somebody's weight and never mention them what's on somebody's plates. Um, but back to being so isolated, I remember and having great friends. I remember my 18th birthday. I had not eaten out in like two months. I was too scared. I was like, they gonna put something in my food and like an oil or something. And I just was too scared. So for my 18th birthday, my best friend and one of my good friends from high school, Hazel, were like, let's let's go out to eat. We'll take you out to Hibachi because I knew I would eat something there. They were like, let's take you out to Hibachi and get you something like and eat for your birthday. And I was like, okay, cool. I was working myself up. I'm like, we're going out. We're going out to eat. We're going out to eat. And then like three hours before, I was like, no, I can't. I can't. You guys have fun. Have fun without me. Bye. And um, later that night, I was at home and I got a knock on the door. And there they were at my door with balloons, cards, cantaloupe. And in the moment, I was pissed, which I was depressed, anxious. I was like, I want to be alone. And I was pissed. I was like, I told you guys I didn't want to do this. Um, but looking back now, I'm like, that. those are some good friends. Like, those are some good friends, I think. And moments like that, when you're going through something like that, it's so easy when you're going through an eating disorder, depression, anxiety, maybe you have, uh, you've lost a relative or whatever you're going through. I think it's so easy for people to step away and not want to be there for you because I don't know why, (laughs) but anyways, I think it's easier whenever you're going through something for people to just step away than to take that initiative to be like, no, you need this. And my best friends were very good at being like, nope, uh, I know you don't want us here right now, but we're going to be here. And looking back, that's the best thing that somebody could have done for me because eating disorders were already so, are already so isolating in itself. And so having friends that are like, nah, you need this. Um, so yeah, whenever they first showed up, I was pissed. But then later in the night, I was like, okay, no, I'm glad they did this. So anyways, um, yeah, from there, I just kind of um, battled with it on and off for like a year. And then I think the most... And then uh, recovery took me about three years. Um, and I think the most, the thing that pisses me off most <laughs> about recovering is people saying stuff and it just sending you back to the start. So like, for instance, I would go to my grandma's house and I'd be like, I would work myself up all day. I'd be like, I'm eating a cookie today. Like, I'm going to do it. You guys better watch out. I'm eating a cookie today. I'm jumping through hoops, like mental hoops to get myself to even touch a cookie. I go, I pick up the cookie. I go to sit down to eat this cookie. And somebody says, oh my gosh, like, is, are you really going to eat that? Like, is that in your diet plan? <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, no, cool. We're back to square one. Like, I guess it's not. I guess I shouldn't be eating this cookie. Never mind. Um, I, everything that I've worked up for to even touch this cookie is now gone. 
from you saying that. So never talk about what's on somebody's plate and never talk about somebody's weight. It's none of your business. Um, I like that's I think that's the thing that frustrated me most is that I wasn't talking about them eating. You know, I wasn't like, oh, my gosh, are you going to eat that cookie? You know, it's like so you're saying that in a way like you're saying it because, you know, I'm going through, like which I, granted, I don't think they said it because I knew I was going through an eating disorder. But anyways, I just think that needs to be educated more. Never speak on somebody's weight. Never speak about what's on somebody's plate. It's none of your business. It's none of your business. And nothing you say in that moment is going to change anything that they're going through. So anyways, that's that. Um, but yeah, recovery was not an overnight thing. It was a battle. Some days were better than others. And I ended up binging out of it, which I don't want to talk about that. I don't. That, that one's a little bit more touchy for me. Um, I remember the day that I started binging, but... And then I gained 40 pounds, but I still find, um, wrappers under my mattresses, under the bathroom cabinets, um, pop chart wrappers, me hiding and eating out. Wait, what? <laughs> me hiding out and eating. And, um, because I didn't want people to know that I was eating this kind of stuff whenever I was expected to be eating something healthy. And then the weight came and obviously my worst nightmare. So anyways, it's just not something I'm open to talking about yet. Maybe one day I did recover. I'm honestly in the best place I've ever been with food right now. And I got a little ass on me. So the modeling industry can, can suck it. No, I'm just, well, yeah, no, they can. Um, I got a little ass on me and now I get to make a living off of being funny instead of off of my appearance. So I get to eat whatever I want and I feel very grateful for that. Recovery does not happen overnight. So if you're going through that, um, I feel like people on social media can make it look like it was overnight. It, it's not overnight. If you know somebody going through an eating disorder, I would say just be there. Don't let them isolate themselves, you know, be a friend in those times. It's going to feel like they're pushing you away and they are, <laughs> but still show up every day. And, um, I don't think I would have made through that it through that time in my life without my friends and my family. I think it's just so important that to become okay with gaining weight and losing weight in life. Like your, your body is not going to remain one size your whole life. I mean, it's going to fluctuate and being okay with that is I, I can finally say that I'm at a place with being okay with my body fluctuating. Like sometimes I'll be like, Oh gosh, I'm feeling a little puffy. And then I think, and I'm like, Oh, I've been eating a lot of fast food. Okay. Well, let's just cut that back. Like, I think just being okay with like being like, okay, well, let's just, let's just take this. Let's just do this. Like, and being okay with gaining and losing. Like sometimes I'll lose weight and I'm like, gosh, I, I've been losing weight. What am I doing? I'm like, oh gosh, I haven't been eating like three square meals a day because I've been busy. So just realizing that, realizing that your body is going to fluctuate. You're not going to be the same weight your whole life. And then also realizing that you're not going to be your high school's weight. I hear so many girls being like, well, I was 117 pounds in high school. So I want to get back to that. Baby, in high school, when you were, um, I don't know, a child, you know, like, first of all, you weren't even fully developed. Second of all, you literally were playing like seven sports. And third of all, you're literally on such a tight schedule in high school to where, you, you know, you can't have snacks. You're in class, like, la da 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 And I mean, at the end of the day, you were not a adult. So it's like, hello, wake up. You're not going to be your high school's weight. And that's okay. It's okay to not be that. One thing I did that really helped my recovery is I stopped weighing myself. I didn't weigh myself for four years. I stopped weighing myself in December of 2018 and didn't weigh myself again until like last whatever, because I was getting my wisdom teeth out. So I didn't even weigh myself. They weighed me at the doctor, but, um, yeah. So instead of weighing myself and getting on a scale, I started saying, how do I feel in these clothes? How do I look? How, how am I feeling? And that was such a big help to my 
my recovery. Instead of banking on how I feel about myself via a scale, I started banking on how I feel about myself. So yeah, the scale does not define you. You bought the scale. You own the scale. The scale does not own you. Wait, that was kind of creative. <laughs> Anyways. Um, so yeah, that's that. Uh, I have been recovered now for three, four-ish years and I'm the happiest I've ever been with food, with the gym. Um, and I got a little ass on me. So modeling industry, do you see that? Do you see that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did not mean to get this deep on the second ever episode of No Freaking Clue, but uh, here we are. It's what the people wanted and I wanted to raise awareness. So again, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a therapist. That was just my personal experience, my personal advice with it. If you or somebody you know are struggling with an eating disorder, my DMs are open. There are numbers you can call. I'll try and find them and put them in the description of this podcast. And yeah, you're not alone. It does get better and I'm here for you. I am here for you. Yeah, if you know somebody going through an eating disorder, just be there for them. Be a shoulder, be a friend. Even when they try and push you away, say, no, bitch, I'm staying right here. Staying right here. Sure, yeah. Um, thank you guys so much for tuning in to the second ever episode of No Freaking Clue. I promise the next episode won't be this won't be this deep, but uh, it was something we had to do. It was something we had to do. And yeah, so like, subscribe, download. We know we have to download, so please do so if you love me. If you love me and, oh my gosh. Wait, let me do my Shakira impression. I don't know. Oh, baby, when you talk like that, you'd make a woman go mad. <laughs> Wait, I think I need to do better. Wait, hold on. I haven't warmed up. Oh, baby, when you talk like that, you'd make a woman go mad. Okay, Santina's like, I've had enough of your shit. I'm cutting that. So yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning in to the second ever episode of No Freaking Clue. I will see you guys next week. And yeah, thanks for tuning in. Bye. Oh, baby, when you talk like that. <laughs> like, okay, I'm done. I'm done.